0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are
0: Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles
2: Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
3: every day. Last time that I checked, it was five chains on my neck. It was no smut on my rep last time that I checked.
2: Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Wednesday edition, Lockdown Rams. You guys know what that means. We have got Jake Ellenbogen from downtown Rams with us. Jake, how you doing, bud? I'm great, Bear. How are you, man? Oh, man. Uh, still doing good. We're kind of getting into some fun times here at the NFL. Obviously, uh, we've got all the NFL owners, GMs, coaches are getting together. Uh, so, we're hearing a lot of things going on from those meetings. So, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I uh, want to talk to you a little bit about some of the comments that came out from McVeigh on some of the players. And then, obviously, of course, I always want to get your take on any angle that we can take with some draft stuff. So, we'll hit that. As well today, uh, before we get off and running, don't forget you can check out all of our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. For the Locked On Network, we're also really excited about the new streaming app Himalaya. If you haven't heard of it, go download it, check it out. Also, when you get in your car, ask your smartphone to play podcasts, Locked On Rams. And then for social media, you can check us out at Locked On Rams on all accounts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. That goes the same for Jake. You can find him at dtr as well as Downtown Rams, the website, social media. Uh, you guys have an Instagram account that you took over that is awesome. Uh, you got a really cool graphic designer uh, that's doing some really fun jersey swaps and putting some prospects into jerseys and um, seeing some of those guys retweeting all that. So that's really cool. Uh, and it's kind of cool to envision you know, what these guys are going to look like and how this could play out in the draft if all goes well. Uh, but I think I covered... Is that everything, Jake? Did I cover it all?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, I got to give my usual shout-out to Alexis Craft, uh, obviously, for helping me out with everything. But also a shout-out to Joseph Frock, And I, I don't know if I said that name wrong. I haven't, like, spoken with him in person. It's all been, you know, over the web. So he's been just unbelievable, um, you know, as a uh, designer for us. Uh, he's just so great. And uh, we really appreciate him. A- and I want to make that obvious because... You know, I know some of the stuff is like, you know, where did this come from? Did they just take this? It's like, no, he he made it, you know, and like he he's been working hard, and um, you know, he was a friend of the original owner, um, horns up graphics that owned our Instagram, so he kind of came with the Instagram, and we're we're really lucky to have him.
2: Dude, yeah, he's putting together some awesome stuff. That last one that he put up. Uh, was just awesome. It looked, it looks, I love when it just turns out and you're like, "Is that wait, is that real? Did he put that jersey yeah. on? You know, like, uh, so pretty cool stuff. And uh, you guys were one of the first to do kind of a Clay Matthews jersey swap that now if you go look that up on Instagram, you know, those are everywhere. People taking it and doing different stuff with it. But that is the man, the myth, the legend that you guys got doing that for you. So pretty cool stuff. Want to make sure we get all the shout outs uh, up front here at the beginning of the show. Obviously, you guys are also have Uh, A bunch of new podcasts going on the network. The halftime show that you and Alexis do is really fun. So guys, go check that out as well. Uh, But I want to talk to you. We'll kind of roll this into some Rams news and some questions for you. And uh, a lot of things going on and coming out of uh, these meetings that the NFL is having. And we'll start with kind of something that kind of came up just recently, but... Uh, they always do a lot of rule reviews, and sometimes good. You know, I mean, we saw the celebration rule get you know okayed a few years ago, and players are having fun with that. And they're they're really trying to eliminate the kickoff by you know moving things back. They've moved the, you know, the extra point back over the last few years, so some of these things have been interesting. Uh, and then some I don't know about right. And and one that I'm talking about specifically is the new pass interference. Rule that's going to go in now for reviewable for both offense and defense. Uh, the co- It could be a coach's challenge or at the end of the first half and second half, the last two minutes, it will be uh, kind of a booth review like you see with most uh, reviews. But I don't know how I feel about this because I just feel like this is going to impact so many games, not only throughout the game, but uh, especially at the end of the game. I mean, you start even getting to the point of these Hail Marys and like, what are you going to go review some of that stuff? Uh, I want to get your take on it. What you think, uh, on the rule change of this, this past interference rule.
4: Yeah. I just think it's too much replay. Um, you know, people are starting to complain about baseball being, you know, it was already kind of a longer sport, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, if the Yankees and Red Sox play, you know, that game's going to be, an hour and a half longer than the other games for some obnoxious reason that I can't really understand. But, you know, I think that's kind of the thing here. All replay does is make it longer. I get, you know, they got to get the call right and all of that. But, I mean, you're talking, like you said, you know, it could be a Hail Mary. I mean, at that point, really all bets are off on a Hail Mary unless you absolutely, like, rip the guy down by his neck or something. You know what I mean? Like, I I just don't know. And, And I think the problem is, you know, this is so much like a, a block or a charge call. So like, I mean, it's honestly like opinion based, you know, there's a rule book that kind of gives you an idea of how to call it, but it's all opinion based. It's, it's all about, you know, called in in the heat of the moment. And so, you know, I, that's kind of how I look at it, you know, block or charge that's opinion.
2: Yeah. And it's like, it balls and strikes, Balls and strikes in Major League Baseball, you know, I mean, that's it's it adds that that, you know, um, perspective that the refs have of, you know, making it a live game.
4: Yeah. And, you know, people already kind of throw NFL under kind of a microscope a little bit and like, I don't know, was this game decided because of uh, the NFL? You know, like when you're talking about like fans, fans can go nuts. I mean, they could literally say things are like rigged. So now, I mean, this doesn't help that case, you know, because now it's like, oh, you know, within the last two minutes or whatever, say, you know, there's this huge play and now it gets, you know, it it gets looked at. And, you know, to me, I I could see, you know, the whole inconclusive, indisputable evidence kind of getting thrown out the window because I just feel like you can kind of look at it and things will kind of look a little deceiving. And I don't know, it just... This just kind of bothers me, you know, because they admitted to blowing the Brandon Cooks call. Yeah, but you have to keep in mind, like, if the Rams challenge that, right, and they get that, everyone's going to remember the Rams challenged. You know, a, right. a oh, you won the Super Bowl call. on a
2: challenge. You won the Super Bowl on a challenge. Yeah,
4: you know what I'm saying. So it kind of, I don't know. Like, I mean, if it's obvious, it should have been called earlier on the field anyway. I, I don't know. I just, you know, there should be maybe, maybe there should be like limited
2: reviews. I'm not a fan of just challenging. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know. we'll have to see how this plays out. We'll, we'll, they'll start to put it into works during the preseason. So we'll get a taste of it before. And, you know, we saw there was big talk last year of the helmet helmet hit. And that was, you know, going to be an emphasis and what's that going to change and, you know, how that's going to impact the game. And this one's just a little different, man, because... That natural aspect of the game that the refs have their judgment call on something, and now they're going to be put under that mic- microscope, like you said, and they're going to have to go into this booth and try to figure out, you know, what is, like, how much was he pulling? Did he get all of the hand? Was it before the ball? Was it, you know, all that type? Was the ball catchable? All this type of stuff. And now, like you said, it's just more... St- pausing to the game but me and you have a disagreement about this as far as, far as the rule together we do uh, but not so much as far as the owners because they approved it 31 to one so they hands down want this rule uh, but I'm with you I think it's gonna it's gonna change and it's gonna be weird and we're gonna have a lot of pissed off fans at end of games when you know now you're just gonna be almost like in the nba is as they're flopping for calls trying to get a call right you're going to see a lot of flopping i'm assuming for trying to get a pass interference now jumping into people and and trying to place to that rule knowing that at the end of a game if you need 30 40 yards to get in the field goal range just go up there and you know try to jump back for the ball and i mean it's just i don't, I don't know i'm not sure how i feel about it yet and, and so far i don't feel good we'll have to see it played in action but uh and i really hope you know because sean payton was the, what they called, quote-unquote, a champion for this rule. Uh, he was trying to get this thing pushed so hard, especially after, obviously, we saw, I mean, they they were had lawmakers trying to change the outcome of that Rams game. But uh, I really hope they're the first ones screwed out of this, you know, that they're the first ones that lose a game due to the rule that they wanted, that, you know, somehow it goes back on them. And that would just be, in my mind, that would just be perfect. But maybe that's just me being a salty fan trying to get back at them. But, yeah, we'll see how this plays out. We'll have to kind of see it in um in play but uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna step aside really quick we got to this first break really fast today i got a couple more things as far as things that came out during the meetings we'll get to that uh on the other side so first we're gonna take a break get some words from some of our sponsors we'll be back jake and bear wednesday edition lockdown rams right after it was five
3: chains on my neck it was no smut on my breath last time that i checked
1: The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a post-mortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVer jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This
0: is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fancy Football with your Locked On Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider.
2: All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Wednesday edition, Locked On Rams. We got Jake and Bear. We're throwing it down. And, uh, man, we can can sure ramble, that's for sure. I looked up, and I was like, man, we're already 10 minutes into this thing. I, I only asked one question. Uh, But I kind of want to keep it going because there's a lot of stuff, you know, like I said, that everyone's being interviewed. uh, You're starting to hear from coaches. Sean McVay uh, was there. He actually missed picture day. He said it was a miscommunication of the photo, but he was one of the few. I think it was like three or four coaches that were missing. I thought that was pretty funny. But then um, he talked a little bit today. Someone asked him about Marcus Peters. What's going to happen with the extension of him? We all know that he's coming onto his fifth year of his rookie contract, uh, the Rams Uh, you know, are taking that on and and then have to make a decision what they want to do with him. He played good at times last year and then really bad at times last year. I think he was the second or third to last player uh, about four or five weeks into the season, as far as pro football focused uh, stats go, uh, but then bounced all the way back up when Tlaib was healthy. But he was asked about what are you going to do with it? Are you interested in bringing him back? And he said, absolutely. They are interested in bringing Marcus Peters back with an extension. I want to ask you, are you that excited about bringing Marcus Pierce back is it a, a, a absolutely type of thing and if so how much type of money do you think it fits into something that would be a good deal for the Rams
4: yeah I wouldn't say it's absolutely um because we don't know who's available you know you don't you don't know if if say you let him go and then maybe I don't know like you know Jalen Ramsey decides I don't want to be here anymore get me right. out of here Jaguars caught him or they trade him. I mean, the Rams, I think the Rams would definitely entertain that. I don't know. I like, I'm not really, it's crazy because Marcus Peters was a guy that I loved coming out of the draft, right? And I felt like he fits so well with what the Rams are trying to do before Phillips. I mean, you know, back with Greg Williams and, you know, I think he is going to have a better season this season. And I'm one of those people that believe that, you know, you keep him, um, you don't look at the cap space because I think people get so caught up in the numbers. I mean, who else are you going to sign at this point? The only guy I would even interest have any interest in is Zach Brown, um, the inside linebacker that has familiarity with Joe Barry um, you know, from his time in Washington. But I mean, like that's the only one I would consider. So kind of throw the cap space out the window. Um, I'm keeping Marcus Peters. I totally get that. It's the long term that kind of, you know, I, I kind of question. Is Marcus Peters better than getting a third-round compensatory pick? I do believe so. But is Marcus Peters better than getting somebody that, you know, could end up being available, like a Jalen Ramsey or, you know, A.J. Boye, somebody like that, like if that were to happen? That's kind of my thing. You never know who's kind of going to show up. I, I mean... I guess really how I look at it is Marcus Peterson have a great year last year in horns, but you see what he did in Kansas city. And he was obviously really good. He was one of the top guys, but he's so much like Janoris Jenkins, that, that good and the bad mm-hmm. that kind of gives you a pause for a second. It's like, do I really want to pay this guy a lot of money? And like the answer to me would be no, because I'm not a fan of paying corners, tons of money. You know, I, I like what the Rams did with the keep to leave, but I liked it for that because I like a keep to Kansas Jayhawk fan. Um, yep. <laughs> but also, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's, one, he's honestly one of, one of the best, you know, corners in the league. I mean, he may not be, you know, top five, but I mean, he's like, I'd say he's top 12, you know, um, when healthy. So, you know, it's kind of like that or like a Chris Harris Jr. ends up being available. I don't know. But what I would consider is, you know, the Rams go out and, and they definitely have to do their due diligence in this draft because there are some guys that really interest me um, as far as guys that you can develop. Uh, somebody like a Mark Fields in the draft uh, from Clemson, a guy that didn't really get to play a ton because they got a really nice bunch of corners out there. But I'll say this for now. I think Mark Fields is the best corner on Clemson. Mm. And no one talks about him. He was at the Senior Bowl during the practices. I said it, you know, all week. He was the best-looking corner, and there were guys like Amani Obruerier, guys that were, you know, considered first, second rounders, and really he and Corey Ballantyne of Washburn stood out to me. Um, so I would say both of those guys, if I'm the Rams, I definitely take a, a long look at um, another guy, and uh, I'm not going to say. You know anything about you know podcasts or anything like this but um steven denmark from valdosta state you know he is actually somebody that you need to write that name down because you know mark fields is somebody that people know so it's more like oh you know i'm surprised you kind of feel that highly about mark fields but I'll tell you right now. Have you heard of Stephen Denmark? I haven't
2: even heard the college. You're, I was about to ask you to say the college again.
4: <laughs>
2: Valdosta State. Yeah, no um, clue. I couldn't even. I couldn't even tell you what state Valdosta State is in.
4: So I. I mean, I couldn't do that either. Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I was like
2: Jake's over here just making people up now. I yeah, can't I yeah, can't deal know. with this.
4: Yeah, the uh <laughs> the the auto the auto names on the uh, the draft classes in Madden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm sure someone's done that before. But uh no the Steven Denmark, he actually had some pretty unbelievable testing numbers. So I do wanna just throw these out real quick just so you get an idea. He's a former wide receiver turned corner. Um he's six four, he's two sixteen, he ran oh. a four four six. This is a cornerback. At six
2: four, yeah, four four six.
4: Wow, and like filled out six four, not like a toothpick thin. You know, six.
2: And four. I like those. I like those guys that convert too, right? the wide yeah. receiver to because they exactly. you know they got multiple Justin skill Lane. sets. He, and he knows, it, you know, he's his half his life or whatever he was. He was learning how to you know beat the defense, and now all of a sudden he's like, hey, I've got this wide receiver mindset. I know the angles yeah. to take. I know how to do this. He's also got the great size. You mentioned the speed. And apparently, unless unless he was moved to defense because he's got bad hands, you assume that he's got pretty decent hands. Yeah, no, it, and he
4: does. Um, you know, he runs a one one uh, a one four eight split, um, forty three inch vertical, broad jumps almost eleven
2: feet. And roughly, in your opinion, where do you where do you see him being available? Like, where is where is like a good spot for him round wise? Sixth, seventh round. Okay, um, so a late guy. Because obviously you know, you're coming from a college where, God knows where. Yeah,
4: yeah, I don't know where that is. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this is somebody that I would look at. You know, on my board, he's probably going to fall. Um, I think someone asked me about him on the downtown Rams thing. Right now, he'd be a fourth rounder for me. Um, where is he going to go in the NFL draft? It's going to be sixth or seventh round. Um, that's when you know guys get drafted, the projects get drafted, and. And he is a little bit of a project. Um, You know, he's only spent one year at corner, but I mean, there's a lot to like, obviously the measurables, but he will knock your head off. He's a ball hawk. He's obviously fast. Um, Really, his one big issue is he has a hard time covering, you know, really, you know, shifty guys like like a Penny Hart in this draft would be difficult. Um, You know, the kid from UMass would be difficult. Uh, you know, guys like, uh, I, I guess you could say, you know, Edelman, Golden Tate, guys that are just really quick um, out of the slot. You know, you want to put him on a Julio Jones. That's what you want to do um, eventually when he he gets there and, and he's able to, you know, become that guy. But um, Denmark is, is going to be somebody. And the reason I even brought this all up, and I know you, you know, we're, we're kind of down in the rabbit hole at this point. <laughs> but, yeah, the reason I brought this all up is because there are guys in this draft that I'm drafting. If I'm the Rams, I'm drafting them to potentially replace Marcus Peters. If we can't sign him or replace a keep to leap. I mean, these are, you know, you talk about developmental guys. I mean, Mark Fields could start, I think. I mean, he's really good. He's, he's ready. Um, he's only going to get better with Steven Denmark. He's a projection, but, i mean those measurables are insane he almost had an eight foot wingspan mm. eight foot just just imagine that i mean the, i like that that's like alien that i mean that like that that's like an alien yeah that know? uh just,
2: there's that basketball player uh taco i can't remember his name he was he oh was yeah, just taco playing Paul. yeah then <laughs> he's got this massive like eight and a half nine foot wingspan and someone said yeah this man's in the shower, you know, cooking breakfast with the other hand, you know, like that's how big that wingspan is. Uh, but that's pretty crazy. I actually looked it up. I had to know. Valdoza State is in Valdoza, Georgia. It's a very southern part of Georgia. So uh, just a little, little fun fact so we're not to know that we're yeah, not just making I'm it up. Because like, I was like, Valdoza State, that's crazy. But those are those are <laughs> some insane measurables. And, and if that's something that catches the eye of this group, Uh, and did you say he was down at the senior bowl too? No, no, no. He actually, um, he just has pro
4: day. I had never heard of him until, uh, Nick Farabaugh, who is actually from downtown Steelers. He, uh, and and he also writes for, um, come on, Jake, don't do this. Uh, (laughs) Steeler Depot. There we go. Steelers Depot. And, uh, and I don't know if he was at the, uh, pro day or not, but he actually had those, um, first, Reported at least what I saw on Twitter. So he had those um, measurables all posted and everything, and uh, he's the one that you know deserves the credit. I didn't just find him; I saw it through
2: him. But yeah, well, I hope. I hope. I mean, if that's something that catches the eye, obviously these guys that are doing it less need that group, that organization. When it's a a spot of need, they're going to be looking at everybody, right? So uh, you know, if that's something that jumps out, they've been really good at finding late round guys that can come in and you know, be something in the organization. I mean, even look at John Franklin Meyer and, you know, John Johnson and Cooper cup, all, you know, even those guys are third and a little bit later, but, um, to go deeper and find some talent and still be able to, you know, bring them in. And like you said, in this whole, the beginning of the conversation started with Marcus Peters and what do we want to do with him? And, you know, to kind of add a couple of things that you said is, You know, I'm not huge on the long term deal either, unless you're in love in love like Aaron Donald, where you're like, there is no doubt about it. I don't want to see him with anybody else. That type of feeling. Um, But you know, I'm thinking it's and it's weird, and I'm I'm curious to see when the Rams, if they're excited about uh, wanting to extend him, if they look to try to do it now. You know, once we get through this draft, you know, we saw uh, coming into camp last year, we saw, you know, three or four extensions at that point. Maybe that's time that they start to do that business again because coming off a year like this, maybe you get a little bit better of a price than you will if you say, hey, let's let's let him live out that fifth year contract and we'll go into the season. And let's say he, you know, fits in a little bit more to leave's healthy the whole time, which we know played a big role in his success late. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's coming off, you know, a six interception, you know, dominant performance year. And he's going, well, that price tag just went up. So maybe this is kind of the time that you actually go and look to do this extension because of what we just mentioned of those struggles last year. So we'll see how they approach that. Obviously, you know, the agents are going to you know look to that his his long-term career here is the other four years what he did um so we'll have to see how they work that out but I, i'm really interested on in that i got one more question i'll ask you on the other side about uh this whole secondary and, and what we're going to do kind of moving forward because you brought up to leave and i, I want to go there too so what we're going to do is we're gonna step aside we're going to take a quick break we'll back on the other side jake and bear locked on rams wednesday right after this
3: it was five chains on my neck there was no on my last time that I checked oh. the, the no voice out west Legendary all right Rams South
2: Nation, we are back third and final track. segment, we have the got Jake Ellen Bogan with us from downtown Rams make sure to go give him a follow at JK DTR also at downtown Rams and while you're there hit us up lockdown Rams also la underscore rambling bear is my personal Twitter hit us up Ask us some questions, interact. You guys are awesome, Jake. You do a great job, uh, and so does Alexis by putting out some really fun uh, tweets that kind of get really engaging. The whole thing you guys just did the other day of basically <laughs> say, "Give me a player, and I'll give you the round I think he's at." Uh, that was fun thread just to go through and see some of the players and where you have them, and you know, kind of the interaction of that. So um, also make sure to go check us out on the new streaming app Himalaya. Download the app. Check us out. Really cool. Uh, they're a startup out of San Francisco, and they're really kind of going to start to try to change the game in the podcasting world. So check them out. They've got tons of podcasts and the whole network of Locked On over there as well. So uh, as I continue, we talked. We kind of left off on this cornerback area, and and it's fun, man. I always put up put up some notes for us to talk, and I've got all these three segments built out, and we never get even close to the finish, right? Because we just have fun debating back and forth on some of these topics. So we'll save some of this stuff for other episodes. And uh, when Jake comes back on, cause got good stuff and maybe we'll get to one more thing about the draft before we go. But I want to talk to you about to because obviously to is in the same category of almost what I, Put Whitworth right. Like, how many years left? We know Big Wits got one year left in the contract. He was thinking about, you know, did he want to come back even this year? And, and obviously, he did. Uh, but I feel like Talib's going to start to play that game. Right? How many more years can we get out of Talib where he wants to remain healthy and, and walk away when he can? So, like, if we go back to the Super Bowl, win it, like that may be it for him. You know, the the right off in the sunset type of thing. Uh, so you do have to think about drafting at that point, but. With that in mind, and also Eric Weddle in mind, with you know a two-year deal, same deal. He's at the end of his career. Uh, we're going to have to have some depth at safety and cornerback. Uh, if this is you drafting in this draft particularly, uh, who's the first need there? Is it cornerback or is it safety? Um, well, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: I would say safety. Um, you do have Weddle for two years, but Weddle goes down, and then it, I think you have a bunch of guys that. Um, I wouldn't, you know, be against somebody like a Blake Countess or, you know, a friend of the podcast, Marky Christian coming in and starting or or even Stephen Parker, a guy that people are going to forget. But I I do like him as well from Oklahoma, UDFA. Um, But I really like the idea of going out and getting somebody that might fall in the draft just because he's not, you know, the he doesn't have the insane measurables as everyone else or, you know, maybe just the way the draft flow goes And, like, I look at somebody like Evan Worthington of Colorado. You know, somebody that really... He's one of the only true center fielders, um, you know, in this draft. And, you know, he didn't run as well as I wanted him to. Like, he ran the four sixes and then cleaned it up as pro day, running like a four, five, six, which is fine. You know, Evan Worthington, to me is not somebody that is going to run like a 4'3". He's not going to be, you know, insanely athletic, but he gives you size at 6'2", a little bit over 200 pounds. He can lay the wood, but he also is a very, very sound tackler. That's something I look at because you see a lot of the times those big gash runs that happen for the Rams, it's based on really just poor tackling, you know, poor gap assignments. But really poor tackling is what, you know, can kind of, you know, good tackling anyway can snuff out what is a, you know, 10, 15 yard run mm-hmm. and just, you know, nip it in the bud there. Whereas, you know, somebody like Lamarcus Joyner, who, you know, goes for just the giant hit and swings and misses, he's the safety. Yeah. There's nobody <laughs> yeah. else back there. So if he misses, you're like, oh, no. Like, you, John Johnson has to run from the other side of the field, you know? Um, and most of the time he's, you know, playing up in the box and, you know, he's trying to make a play, you know, in the backfield. So it, it's kind of brutal, you know, so with somebody like, you know, Evan Worthington, he can come right up and make that, he can make that tackle. Um, and he is not against, you know, trying to punch that ball out either, but he's a sound tackler. It's one of the things I look at, Um, you know, very, he's a very good, um a very good player, but he also he's a very smart player, um, you know, intelligent. Uh, you know, obviously he's got versatility, can play free, can play strong, can play nickel um, corner. He's kind of like JJ in a sense, except, you know, one thing with him is, I. It, you know, Evan Worthington's ball skills. I think, you know, and, and John Johnson's got better, but I, I don't I was not a huge John Johnson fan in college. Evan Worthington's ball skills are very good. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he's only going to get better as well. Um, his junior year, he was actually um, suspended from the team. Um, you know, so he missed the entire year, actually redshirted because of that. And so I, I feel like that was a valuable year. He ended up missing out on, but you have to keep this in mind, Colorado. They've put out guys like Chidobe Awuzie, Akela Witherspoon, Tedrick Thompson, um, Afalobe laguda you know, somebody that was a UDFA for the Rams, Mm -hmm. played some really good um, bunch of snaps, you know, in preseason, probably should have made the roster. I mean, they have they're doing something right over there in Colorado. And I think Evan Worthington is going to only, you know, fit that bill. And there are other guys as well. Um, There's Karan Ramsey from Alabama State. There's Monty Fenner um, from Towson you know, smaller school guys, but these are the type of guys that the Rams could go after. Now, I I will say this. We brought um, Jason Finer of Blitzalytics onto our show, and we haven't dropped that podcast out yet, so you guys will have to look out for that. But we brought him onto our show, and, you know, he brought up a really good point. He's like, just because, you know, the Rams signed a Clay Matthews or, you know, an Eric Weddle or, you know, Blake Bortles does not mean that they're not going to pull the trigger on a guy that they really like at that position. So I thought that, you know, obviously it kind of reinforced what, you know, I've been saying is, I mean, is, you know, I think they're going to go best available to their board, but I think people are so quick to kind of write off any safety at the top. Now that Eric Weddle has been picked up, you know, because people forget like you draft, like say you draft Nasir Adderley or like Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Somebody like that, you can kind of throw all over the field as kind of like a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I mean, like, you can find snaps for these guys. The Chargers ran a defense. Now, granted, they got picked apart by the Patriots in the playoffs. But they ran a defense that had seven defensive backs. So there's no such thing as, well, there's too many, you know, there's not enough space. There's too many guys already. If the Rams like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and he's there at 31, they're picking him. You know what I mean? So I think that's really the interesting one. I just, like Barry, you know me, I like to look at, you know, value. You know, I mean, we we were just talking about a guy from Valdosta State. I mean, that's kind of where my head is, you know, where I'm looking at value. I'm trying to get, trying to find those diamonds in the rough, but also trying to find, you know, solid players that may not have gotten the production because of the lack of playing time or were just really
2: good and everyone didn't notice them because they didn't go to Alabama, right. you know? So, well, it's I mean, you, and you mentioned that you, you look at what the Rams have done in the past. I mean, we got Gerald Everett from South Alabama, uh, Cooper cup and he come from Eastern Washington. These guys are, are right there with you as far as trying to find the guys that maybe not every other organization is looking at because they trust again, the process in this building, as far as bringing talent in and getting them with the position coaches and, and Sean McVay and, uh, Wade Phillips and allowing them to kind of mature that way so I'm with you you know finding those diamond in the rough I mean that is like you know what the NFL draft is all about especially as you start to go deeper into these schools uh, you know trying to find some of the talent so I'm with you there I mean you got to look at everybody and you got to look at fit you know what fits with us how can we take this guy and take what he has you know and, and mold that over the next couple of years to to make him, you know, a football player in this league. So uh, I love it. I always love hearing all the different players that you come because my draft knowledge is is uh, one of a NFL fan, but I'm watching, you know, that first, second round stuff and, you know, to hear some of these guys that are deeper down the draft and, and what they have and where they can fit, what, you know, what they kind of, how they play, how they can fit in our style. But the Rams are definitely going to have to look at cornerback and safety. And maybe this is a draft that they, you know, go and get, you know, both those positions and hopefully they do because, you know, again, the draft is, you know, hit or miss and you hope you, you hit more than you miss and add a bunch of players and see who makes the roster. Uh, but one more before we get out of here, because uh, we kind of talked about this off air and I just thought it was funny and I saw Twitter kind of going crazy. I'm a fan of Peter Schrager. I am. I think he's fun on NFL Network um you know he's definitely more of a color commentator and, and he was a big Rams guy throughout the season he always had our back and he always thought we were you know making noise out here in the west coast with our offense so I you know I always liked him for that as well but obviously as during you know at this point everyone's doing mock drafts and he came out and he selected running back Miles Sanders out of Penn State at number 31 and the internet kind of lost their mind whether it was in Rams Nation or just in the draft world um so real quick in the last couple of minutes before we get out of here, uh, your thoughts on that pick and maybe a potential running back because if we need a running back, uh, you know, maybe later in the draft, who's a couple guys you'd like, even though Sean McVay said today that he feels pretty settled with uh, the running back situation with Todd Gurley and obviously re-signing uh, Brown or matching that deal. So uh, just your thoughts on Miles Sanders at 31 and, and maybe someone that might actually make a little more sense there.
4: All right, so I actually like this a lot, Barry. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because I do, I, you know me, I, I scout all these positions regardless of, um, you know, where the Rams are going. Um, you know, scouts actually, their job is not to, you know, despite popular opinion, their job is not to go out and scout, you know, needs. They actually have to scout as if they're starting a new team tomorrow. And I think people honestly don't realize that because you have to put your board together you can't just be like, eh, we don't need running backs right, this year, right. so leave them off. You know, it doesn't work that way. Um, so they have to do everybody. So I, I did, you know, the running back so far. Um, I'm not completely finished with them. I got like, you know, some minor ones here and there that I've missed. But um, first off, Peter Schrager's the man. I really like it. Uh, I think he does a great job. But this mock draft screams. And I told you this off air. I think it screams, you know, NFL Network was kind of like, eh, your mock draft the other day was really good, right? People were talking about it. Let's ante it up. Yeah, put yourself
2: out there a little bit more. It was almost too standard, too boring. And they're like, that's cool. I mean, if you're a draft expert, but let's mix it up. Put some fire in this. Let's reach the people that don't know
4: a thing about the draft so they get pissed off seeing a running back uh, at 31, which I mean, (laughs) <laughs> here's the thing. Miles Sanders is somebody that I felt like was not getting enough attention. I'm just going to say that right now. I think it's unfair that, um, you know, people say that, you know, he's not going to be great because he's just another, you know, guy in that Penn State backfield. Totally. You know, all his, uh, you know, basically, you know, people are saying like all his credit is because of Saquon Barkley. And that's just not true at all. Um, actually had a higher yards per carry um average than Saquon Barkley in college. Now that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, Saquon Barkley is one of the he actually is the highest grade I've ever given to a prospect. Um, but with that being said, Miles Sanders is somebody I thought was underrated until I woke up this morning and saw this, and now I don't know what to say about him. Um, <laughs> you know, this is somebody that I felt like in the third round, like that's a really good valuation for him. I thought, you know, I I don't think people were really giving him the benefit of the doubt. And then I see this at 31. I mean, like who went off the board already? You know, I, right. <laughs> I saw Brian Burns was still there. Like if, if you want to tell me that Brian Burns, who is my top overall edge rusher in the draft, ahead of you know, Nick Bosa ahead of Josh Allen. Mm. Um, if you want to tell me he's there at 31 and we pass on him. Um, I mean, man, I'm, I'm not going to be able to watch the rest of the draft. I'm going to be right. like sick my stomach if we pass on for a running back, you know? So um, with that being said, Miles, uh, you know, Miles Sanders actually would be a great pick in say the third round, if they felt they absolutely needed, um, you know, kind of a, not really a luxury pick, but like if they really feel like they need, like say they're kind of going for the premium bundle insurance, we'll say that on Todd Gurley, right. right. Um, you know, that would make a lot of sense. But they're not drafting a running back in the first round. It's not happening. It's not something Sean McVay would do. If they took an offensive player, it would either be an offensive tackle, guard, center, or they would take a tight end. And the only reason they take a tight end is because there are two really, really good tight ends um, that are going to go in the first round. And I would honestly make the argument for Irv Smith Jr. I'd make the argument for Dawson Knox, who I have a higher grade on than um, Noah Font. But my point is that those guys, uh, TJ Hawkinson is my number one tight end. I think you could definitely make the argument that adding him to this roster, adding him to this offense with Gerald Everett, you could trade Tyler Higbee to say the new England Patriots who just lost, you know, Rob Gronkowski, um, obviously not going to replace him, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you could do something like that. Um, or you could just keep all three of them. And, you know, I mean, Hawkinson is the best I mean he's just one of my he's a top five player in this draft for me so if he were to fall I'd absolutely take him man so a
2: a tight end there would be real interesting because obviously you're talking about a tight end room that already has two pretty good tight ends in Everett and Higby even though you know Higby, Higby is on the last year of his contract if I'm you know if I'm correct there. Uh, so, you know, you got to figure out what you want to do with him. But I, I, with that, I mean, my thing was, I feel like we didn't utilize the tight ends as much as we could have. So adding another one is kind of like, well, are you going to use them more? You know, because I just didn't feel that they they were kind of up and down. They were games. And I know Sean McVay game plans differently for who he's going against and kind of has that Bill Belichick style of that as yeah. far as, you know, okay, this team, we can really take advantage of using the tight ends versus this game. We really want to use the slot or get, you know, girly in action here. But um, it would be interesting to throw another first round pick at a tight end when, you know, in the last couple of years, you've spent relatively high picks. I think second and third round picks for those guys uh, to bring them in. So, I don't, I don't hate it because especially if you're going to go and, and trade, and you know maybe the Patriots are always that sneaky team that done, does tons of trades, and they got tons of picks, so maybe you get a pick out of that coming back, whether it's you know a fifth or a sixth or whatever he brings back. But uh, you know it, it is an interesting way to look at it, and you know offensively at number thirty-one, I'm with you. I think more if you're going to go there, uh, you're going to want to get someone on the on the O line if you go offense and really build that. But, you know, we talked, there's plenty of needs on this team and I'm glad you brought that up, you know, as the draft and, you know, everyone thinks you just got to focus on a few of those positions, but you really have to look at the big picture because of anything, injury, uh, retirement, depending on a couple of these positions we're talking about. And really, <laughs> yeah, and really In just adding. Yeah. With Gronk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I love yeah. the point you made earlier and I want to bring it back up because I, I kind of forgot until just now. But um, the whole aspect of how this NFL is changing and the free agency is really changing and kind of really turning a lot like basketball of if I'm not happy and I want out. You know, we've seen that you can get out of a situation. You talked about, you know, Jalen Ramsey out in Jacksonville, and if he, if they go through another stinker season, and you know, there's criticism of how he takes it, and you know, he wants to get out. I of really a, think he's the next one out too. It, exactly. Like when 100%. you said it, I was like, yeah, a hundred percent. Maybe then you start to go and, you know, yeah, why would we pay a bunch of money? We get another guy that's young, up and coming. You know, that type of thing. So. The NFL changes all the time as far as how you want to game plan. And that what's that's what kind of makes, you know, Leslie and those boys' job even crazier because it is a new NFL as far as how movement happens in the league. And and LA is definitely rising to the top as far as a place people want to be. They want to be with this young, awesome coach. They want to be out in sunny, warm California. They want to be with this offense that seems to be, you know, unstoppable over the last couple of years, top three in the last few years. So uh, a lot of exciting things happening out here which can draw the attention of those players i mean obviously you, you heard even deshaun jackson in the offseason at the super bowl was saying he wanted to be on the rams even before he was a free agent obviously he's back <laughs> in, at home in <laughs> philadelphia but you know players want to come out here so uh definitely something to watch but uh jake man I always have a blast with when you come on and and, and picking your brain and and letting you just kind of ramble on about all the players and, you know, from the D one prospects all the way down to the smaller schools, tons of fun. I've got tons of more questions, but you know, you know, the podcast style, we're keeping it short here. We're going to have you back. I'm going to jump on your podcast, hopefully, uh, if not later this week, probably next week at some point, so we can continue this conversation. Uh, we'll look forward to having Alexis craft back again, guys. Don't make, make sure to go give everyone a follow at downtown Rams at jkbogan dtr la underscore rambling bear lockdown rams you know the deal you know where to find us jake thanks so much man look forward to talking to you next week absolutely bear thanks so much for having me always fun and uh god anytime we talk about the draft man i i lose track of time so (laughs) i love it dude i love it but with that said rams nation you know what it is until next time Peace.
0: peace
3: It was no smut on my rep last time that I checked. Oh, I was selling zones in the set. And the Make set. a quarter mil, no sweat last time that I checked. Oh, I'm the street's voice out west. Legendary self-made progress last time
0: that I checked. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network and NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.